Hey, welcome to Genre Exposure, a film podcast. Join us as we explore the wide world of cinema, brighten our horizons one movie at a time. I'm one of your hosts, Dustin, and as usual, I am here with Jason. Hey, everyone. What's up, my man? Oh, you know, just sitting here reminiscing on the year gone by. Yeah, we've made it to the end somehow. Somehow. Never thought it would happen, but, you know, the slow march of time. Mm -hmm. Here we are, the end of 2023. Already dreading the next year. (laughs) 2024 (laughs) staring us down. This is the part where we say, you know, next year's going to be better for us, I'm sure. Mm. And then Mm. then immediately it starts and we're like, oh, no. Yeah, we'll see what happens in November. (laughs) Yeah, uh, election year, so that's going to be interesting. Probably about time for Blumhouse to drop another Purge movie, I would say. Oh, God. I'm going to have the real thing. (laughs) Um, So, hey, on this special bonus episode, you you know it if you've listened to the show. We do this every year at the end of the year. We're just going to recap, look back on all the stuff we've done throughout the year, talk about some stats about the podcast. Keep it chill. Keep it casual. Yeah. Don't don't tuck our shirts in, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, and then we're going to share some of our favorite film discoveries. The films that we've watched for the first time this year. It could mm-hmm. be new. Yep. Or it could be something old that we, in the course of doing all this stuff, were led to discover. Oddly enough, most of mine are pretty new. Mine too. That was the real thing I noticed once I started going back through my letterbox, which is such a good tool for this episode mm-hmm. because it just mm-hmm. lets you... If you keep up with it, it's a perfect document of everything. Right. Um, and I was like, man, I, I think this is going to just be all new online because there's so much good new stuff this year. Yeah, there really is. Um, and then we'll wrap up by talking a little bit about plans for the new year. Mm. Nice and simple. Nice. If you're ready to start, I'm ready to start. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Um, first thing I want to let everyone know is that we are part of the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. And we love it, and it's super cool, and we're happy to be colleagues of all sorts of other really awesome shows that you could go and check out and fill your ear holes with hours and hours of media-related content, whether it's about movies or varying other topics or specific genres that you really want to dig into. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So go check that out. Absolutely. Show some love to the many other cool shows on our network. Yeah, some might even be cooler than ours. Most are, probably, to be honest, but (laughs) (laughs) we want to thank you, listener, for spending your time with us. Yeah. So let's start with, um, I'm just going to share some stats about the podcast this year. All right, let's do it. Uh, So first info I got pulled from Spotify. Um, According to their metrics, our top episode on the Spotify platform this year was episode 55, Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> that, that amuses me to no end. Yeah. Um, it. it was streamed about 211% more than the average episode of ours. Uh, the listeners have spoken. We need to do more <laughs> Italian cannibal horror films. I think just more extreme stuff in general, because if I remember right, last year, the extreme block we did, mm-hmm. that was like Gangbusters 2 with people. So, Dude, I'm down for it. Let's, let's, let's do more. Me. More extreme. More further. Extreme! <laughs> It's also funny to me, too, just because, and we, we even talked about this recently on an episode, I think, but it's like, we try to avoid, like, the really, really popular, well-known movies, just because we're like, you know, so many people have covered it. Right. We we can't really add anything to the conversation. No one wants to hear us talk about it. Um, apparently, we're wrong, I guess. Dude, you, you can't get <laughs> enough of the disturbing stuff. That's what the people want. Yeah. Okay, so, um, we gained a lot of new listeners within Spotify. Um, among the listener base that is on Spotify exclusively, about 86% of them joined in 2023 to listening to the show. Wow. So basically we had a lot of growth this year, which is cool. That is awesome. Um, out of these new listeners that only started this year, 
a majority of them seem to start with episode 20, Occult. Interesting. That was also our most shared episode through Spotify as a platform. Very interesting. Very interesting. That, that, w- that, that movie is underloved. It is underloved, and it's so, so good. It's very good. And we you know if you listen regularly, you know we love Koji Shiraishi. Mm-hmm. And then the other cool thing is that was our first listener episode. Mm-hmm. So right. all this time, and you, the listeners, have been helping us. They know better than we do. And I believe it was Aaron that pitched that to us, so shout out to yeah. him. Uh-huh. We love you, man. Um, for Spotify, about 48% of all streams come from the U.S. Outside of the U.S., we've gained the most new listeners in the United Kingdom, which is usually up there for us. But the one that surprised me was Ireland. That's awesome. Yes. Interesting. Um, people that listen to podcasts regularly on there, we are in the top 10 for about 30 fans. Nice. Nice little four there. Uh, we are a top five for 22 people. And the one that thoroughly amused me, we are the number one podcast for six individuals that use Spotify for their podcasting. <laughs> um, so you six people are very wonderful souls. And if you've listened, if you're listening in now and you've not ever sent us a film recommendation, I feel like you need to. You need to. Now's the time. Yes, please. Whether it. it's whatever social media or email us at genreexposure at gmail.com. And everyone out there listening to us, too. And, and, and just quickly, thank you, everyone, for yes. tuning in to us and, and giving us your valuable time. It, it's very rewarding. It's very humbling. So mm-hmm. um, so that's Spotify. Let's talk about Podbean, because that is our hosting platform. Yeah. I can pull a little more interesting data from them. Cool. So what Podbean has this thing of like track downloads, and that's like the downloads that like they know someone listened to the episode and they keep track of it. Hmm. Um, and it's a little vague because they can't track everything. And sure. there's services you can pay for that, and that's that's a whole other world. I don't really well, that like costs money. Yeah, yeah. Because we're not trying to like mastermind some media empire or anything over not here. Not yet. So. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is just ballpark numbers, but um, according to Podbean, our top five countries for listeners this year were the U.S., the U.K., Sweden, Australia, and Ireland. That's awesome. Um, And I think it's cool compared to last year because the list is a little different now. It's like shifted some. It's interesting. Hmm. Speaking of shifting, if we we break it down in the U.S. a little further, our top five states for listeners are California, which is, I think, number one since the start and still to today. It's movie capital of the world, right? (laughs) Uh, Tennessee, which is surprising. I don't think I've seen them up there before. Yes, I was born in Tennessee. Uh, Arkansas. I also don't think I've seen them before. Here's the real shocking one at the fourth place, Kentucky. <laughs> there are people that exist in our state that listen to us now. That's great. And at fifth place, Florida. All right. I'll be in Florida again next year. Um, again, I'm really fucking surprised that Kentucky's in the top five because it kind of feels like we're a phantom here in our I mean, home there's state. A little, there's, a little, there's a lot of horror fans of Kentucky, man. There are, know? yeah. Uh, let's see. Our top platforms this year were Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, and CastBox. Pretty standard, I think. Nothing remarkable there to talk about, though. I should say, when you get down into the low, low numbers, we still have one listener tuning in via Ghana. So Great. Thank sh- you. Shout out to Ghana. Hello there in Ghana. <laughs> We will at least keep you with, like, one Indian film a year, so don't worry. Yeah. Especially after Monica Oh My Darling. I was pretty jazzed up after that one. I, that almost made my list. <laughs> it was Spoiler, a contender, yeah. It, it almost made my list. <laughs> yeah, it was very good, very um, fun. And then, let's see. So, uh, again, the, those track downloads. So, let me take you back. Our first year, we had about 1,000 tracked downloads. 
through Podbean. Cool. Whatever. Sure. Me- meager starting point. Uh, year two, we did about 2,000. So we effectively right. doubled. That's great. So this year, we did 4,000. Whoa. We effectively doubled, doubled again. again. So that's if, awesome. If we can keep doubling. Oh, my God. Yeah. That would be amazing. Double it. <laughs> uh, and the last thing I pulled, because this is always interesting to me, is our top 10 most downloaded episodes in 2023. So I'll run it, I guess, up to number one, because that's more exciting. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. So at number 10, we have episode 58, Conquest. <laughs> that's great. A little Fulci love, a little uh, sword and sorcery love. Uh-huh, Super uh-huh. cool. People love Fulci. Oh, yeah. We definitely need to do a little more. I agree. Uh, uh, number nine, episode 62, Bloody Birthday. Yay! Yeah, a little love for that one. It has stuck with me since we did that episode. Killer kids, man. Yeah. Can't go wrong. The fucking like sinister nature of the one kid, too. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. Pretty awesome. Uh, number eight, we have episode 64, The Quiet Earth. Nice. That's yeah. kind of surprising. Though I was more mixed on that one. I, it is one that like I do think about that a lot, especially that ending. Yeah, yeah and just yeah. The, the, the vista out in yeah. the distance. It's a very solid little film. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven, episode 66, Avalon. Wow. Happy that that got across the board. Okay. Uh, All right. Felt like that one was a gamble on my part, but yeah. apparently there's some love for it there. Or hate. They're hate listening. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta fucking hate this movie. Who's this fucker talking it up? Screaming, I agree with that Jason guy. They're screaming, Jason, shut him up. Shut him up. <laughs> shut this shit down. Uh, episode, episode, at number six, we have episode 61. The Final Girls. Yay. Featuring my buddy Chris. Yeah. The 4K Outlaw. That's a great guest spot. Um, great guest spot. Loved having him on. He Love that movie. Come back. He does need to come back. I will continue to try to sync our schedules. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can make that happen again. Because that was like, yeah, just like out of pocket. I had never really, like, I just totally missed that movie. Oh, yeah. It's a great little film. And it was perfect for me. And mm-hmm. he was just, yep. we, we told him, hey, we're doing slashers. And he's like, boom, Final Girls. Yep. Great choice. Yeah. At number five. Episode 76, Zoom Up, Rape Site. Whoa, not Murder Site? <laughs> <laughs> On air, I'm going to give it its proper name. Okay. Um. Yeah, love that any of the Roman pornos made it on there. What does that say about you sick fucks out there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people, speaking of people wanting extreme and depraved stuff, yeah. Um, that one weirdly has done like crazy good. Like the numbers on it are just off the charts. Awesome, love um, it. Love it. Love that. Just the fact that I, we can turn some people onto that. It's also a genuinely good movie. Yeah. You know? That's what's surprising about it. Yeah. Uh, number four, episode 76, Why Don't You Play in Hell? Wow. Okay. Front to back, great film. And that's a fairly Happy recent that people one. People love it. Yeah. I'm sure it has more exposure where it was one of those uh, Draft House selects. Mm-hmm. So it's probably a little more on people's radar. Sure. Uh, number three, episode 55, Cannibal Holocaust. Woot! So actually, some other stuff outperformed it through what Podbean knows mm-hmm. compared to Spotify, which okay. is interesting. But still, quite popular. still up there. At number two, our runner-up for the year. <laughs> this is just fucking amazing. Episode sixty-nine, Flower and Snake. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Couldn't have planned it better. I think you, me, and and our listener base, we're just all the like perverted old man <laughs> in that film, <laughs> snickering as we go about our days. And the number one most downloaded episode for the year for the show, a Quick Cuts episode, number 10, celebrating the Friday the 13th franchise. Whoa, all right. Nice. That's cool. Um, Again, it's one of those things where I'm like, 
no one wants to hear us also talk about that, but I guess people do. And it, dude, when, when, <laughs> when something is so loved, even though, like, I don't know how many Star Trek videos I've watched on YouTube oh, yeah, or yeah. something like that. You know, when you love something, you, you want to hear <laughs> other people's point of view and just revisit it. So. Yeah. Awesome. Maybe we'll do another big horror franchise. Yeah, maybe, maybe get of. like a yearly endeavor mm-hmm. or something. I would um, love to go over the whole Elm Street series. Ooh. That would be... Especially after we talked New Nightmare, I was like, man, I really mm-hmm. want to get into all of them now. Yep. Um, but that makes me happy because like, we worked really hard on that episode, and it's to date, I think, still our longest one. It was. Yeah. Just shy of three hours, wasn't it? Yeah, just That's about. great. I could have talked more, too. That's a sad thing. <laughs> Easily another hour or two. Yeah. Okay, so that's um, that's all the stats I have. The, cool, awesome. the cool numbers. Takeaway is podcast is growing. New people are coming in. We love it. But give us your fucking listener episodes because we want to do them. Yes, we do. And then the next thing we always do, we do some little uh, review questions to just kind of reflect on the year. Mm-hmm. And so I will, um, I'll pose these to you first, okay. and then I'll give my answer after. Um, so the first one, the one we always start with, what did you find most challenging about continuing the podcast into its third year? Ah, uh, yes, okay. Um, A little self-reflection. Honestly, the, the most challenging thing was just like real life getting in the way. Yeah, that was up there for me. I think all of us have talked about this. Uh, a lot of us, meaning you and I, <laughs> and Michael, when he came back. Some, uh-huh. but uh, it's, it's this has been a year, man. This has been a shitty year. Uh-huh. Um, I'm honestly surprised that we kept everything yeah. running. Yeah, we didn't miss smooth. anything. Yeah. We kept it going, but uh, you know, it's like it, this is one of the things I look forward to. Mm-hmm. And we both love movies, and we love talking about movies. And I mean, we'd be doing this anyways. Right. We didn't have the we're podcast. We're recording it, yeah. We're formalizing <laughs> it. Uh, so it's one of those things. It's like, no matter how crappy your week is, mm-hmm. you know, or what you've got going on, what adult real-life crap you've got to deal with, it's like there's, always, yeah. there's always the sanctuary of movies. Mm-hmm. You know, for at least a couple of hours, you can disappear <laughs> into some other world. Yes. Well, very well said. That, that's often what pulls me through the week, because I'm like, you know what? We usually record at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. I just got to make it to that episode. And it's even oh, better yeah. when I've hated the movie, and I just can't wait to fucking <laughs> dig into you about it. And just unload. <laughs> nice. Do you want to answer that question, or um, are we going to go back and forth? I or? have another one. Um, okay. All right. I'll let you do Because that, that kind of was my number one, but I had a backup, just in case. Okay. Um, so I think to me it was, and this is in no offense to him, but the loss of Michael. Yes. Even his last, uh, last year. Um, like on a personal level to me, I love the three host dynamic. That's my favorite kind of podcast. I agree. And I feel like it's a lot of compliment to him is that we had this great like trio of like mm-hmm. the way we look at movies and tastes and the way we play off each other. The things we bring to the table. Um, and I feel like we made a format around that and we've kind of struggled to do like the three episode thing now that we don't have that third person and mm-hmm. we're always like reaching yeah. to fill that spot. And I know over the year, I kind of thought about, like, how can we fix this? I was like, well, let's just do two episodes a block. But then you, when you think about it, it's like, that's not... It doesn't feel like you've given the topic right. its right. due yeah. focus. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, let's do... We each pick two then and have, like, four. But then when you do that, it's like, well, that's, like, two to three months that will be totally ate up on one topic. Yeah. And then that feels like too much. Right, right. Um, so it's just a weird balancing act. Yeah. To try that out. So, spoiler alert, we're abandoning that format. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that more okay. later in the episode. All right. Um, but, yeah, uh, we, we love him. We miss him. He'll still pop in from time to time. Oh, sure. Yeah. That, that was an interesting thing to try to chart through. Mm-hmm. So, uh, next question. Mm-hmm. For this year, 
What was your favorite episode or episodes or even block that we ended up doing? Um, I would say my favorite episode, um, speaking of Michael, was uh, Murder Party. <laughs> ah, yes. When we all got together to talk about that one. It's a Halloween movie, and we were talking about in October. And I got to revisit it because I hadn't seen it since basically when it came out. I got to scratch it off my list. Yeah. yeah. And it was so fun going back and watching it again. If, if you guys have not seen Murder Party, go watch it. It's highly it accessible to you. So much fun. Um, and it put the word jejun back into my regular vocabulary. <laughs> Which you use all the time now. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> so it, that was just a fun time just talking about a great movie. That's just like anytime we hear like someone being pretentious about a movie mm-hmm. or like a really snarky review. It's like, oh, it's so jejun. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, man? What was your favorite? Um, I'm going to give some honorable mentions. Okay. Um. I think I want to give one to the Friday the 13th special that we did. Yeah, yeah. Um, just the fact that it was so long, and I have such a huge love for in that franchise myself. Yeah. And like that, that's like my slasher guy. That's the one I stand. It's, you, it's you comfort know. food, big time. Um, and it's awesome that now I've kind of committed to audio all my love for yeah. that franchise, and it's just there perpetually. And um, the fact that it resonated with other people, too. We need to beam it out into space or yeah. something. Put it on like a, a gold-plated vinyl go. and yeah. blast it off. Until some Klingons um, come around and destroy it. And then my other honorable mention is The Final Girls with Chris. Um, that was such a good culmination mm. to our discussion on slashers and like charting from the other two and then to that one. Yeah. It was like the, he didn't even really know what we had already picked, but it was like the perfect cap off It was to that. And then just, again, like we said on the episode, he and I grew up next door neighbors. And it's so wild that like... We were hanging out all the time watching weird horror movies and shit. And then, like, mm-hmm. here we are both doing, like, sharing our love and discussing movies and talking about it. And then we could, like, reconnect and, and, and link up for that. So That's awesome. Have a lot of love for that. So many friendships made over movies. Yes. Um, but I think if I have to give a favorite, I'm going to do a block. And it's maybe a little, like, self-serving, but it was the Roman porno block, man. Because... <laughs> I just love that we can get into the weeds on some really weird shit. You just had to talk about your pervert movies. Yeah, and that um, honestly, that's one of my deepest motivations for us doing the podcast and starting it is like, I remember listening to podcasts at first and like I would find these movies just because someone just out of pocket would bring it up. Right. And then I'd be like, this is so great because like I would never find this unless someone like put it on my radar. Yep. And there's so much like just trying yourself you're never going to get it all mm-hmm. you, even, even now doing this show and us trying to like keep up on things we still miss stuff yeah and then that's absolutely. like the listener suggestions come in with that mm-hmm. um so just that we could go into such an obscure category promote japanese cinema which i'm a big advocate for and then also even kind of like normalize a little more discussing and maybe like looking at erotic films right because there is that taboo there sure um, Which is ridiculous. I was very happy to do that and that it actually resonated with some people. That's awesome. So. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I mean, erotic films have a place too. Yeah. You know, and, and they're an art form. And it's, I mean, it's a part of life. They could be trash or, or they could be art, you know, and it's... <laughs> Same as everything. They, they are worth evaluating. Cool. So, on the other hand, for the year, did you have any regrets with the show? Maybe something we didn't get around to, maybe your opinion has changed on the film or... Maybe even something you wanted to mention on episode, but you forgot it. The only thing I really feel like I would consider a regret is that, I don't know, I, I feel like I, I want to improve my like editing skills and things like that. I don't mm-hmm. think I put enough of that into it this past year. 
Um, so that's something I'm going to try to improve in the future. Uh, and what does that mean? I mean, I don't know. Our our podcast is pretty simple. Yeah. But sometimes I feel by like, design. Yeah, exactly. But sometimes I think like a nice sound bite here and there from the mm-hmm. movie to illustrate our point. Might oh, okay. Punch things up a little bit more. Interesting. So I want to start doing more of that. So I do regret not getting into that, but again, life was crappy yeah, this past year. For so. sure. So that's one of my endeavors. Cool. For next Interesting. Year. I'm, I'm open to try that. Awesome. I don't like the ones where they have like a drop every two minutes no, or something. No, it would, yeah. be, it would be very sparingly done. Yeah. Because I've listened to some where it's like you got an hour podcast and about 50 minutes of it is clips from the movie. Yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> then it's like no. 10 minutes of them talking about it. Yeah, no, we don't need that. Woo! Um, okay, so for me, I think I think I would say it was like, I was going to say guest spots in general, and that's both having people on or then us going somewhere else and being featured. That's also something I want to... And much like what you just said, a lot of that rests on our schedule sure. and our free time. Right. Um, we had some cool invitations to go do some stuff that we kind of just had to pass up on because yeah, couldn't Real get life. free. I've, I've been working, I've worked so many Saturdays this year, yeah, and it's, it's just, God. Bullshit, man. Um, you're missing too many games is what it is <laughs> but it's one of those things we'll, we'll keep it open and keep looking for it and see what happens yeah absolutely um, next question mm-hmm. for the new year what is one maybe genre or topic we've yet to cover that you hope we'll get around to well I've got two okay one of which nicely dovetails on what we were talking about earlier because I do want to do more disturbing films ooh okay you know more of the extreme mm-hmm crazy shit that's out there talking like a gore vomit dolls or something <laughs> i don't know about that oh, okay but what's uh, the what's the japanese one the the really gnarly one? Oh, the guinea pig movies no 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 beyond that uh the, the, the red room the movies? chicks just like puking or whatever oh squirm fest <laughs> yeah oh, f- yeah yeah no we will not be doing squirm fest <laughs> no that, that does not need to happen. Hey, that seems like the perfect um, uh, start a Patreon and we can set a goal. And <laughs> when we reach the certain amount, we will do Squirm Fest. I, I, don't, I don't think you could actually call that a movie. It's not <laughs> like it's a narrative or anything. Um, and the other thing I want to do a little bit more of are like historical like war films and things like that. Mm, okay. See, I'm a little colder on those, but then the ones we have done because of the podcast I have liked a lot, like right. uh, Beast of War, yeah. really impressed me. So I'm cool to get into that. Nice. I also have two. All right. Um, so we've established by this point that I love pink films, mm-hmm. that I'm a rampaging pervert. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I feel I feel like every time we go in that direction, it ends up being a super fun episode. Sure. Um, and I I feel like maybe one of the reasons they resonate with a lot of people is that there's also not a lot of people talking about them because mm-hmm. it is like that niche within a niche. Right. People are like embarrassed or ashamed. And then about the, or yeah, and then there's that further taboo. So you know we've done a general pink film. We've done a whole set on Roman porno. There's one more thing we really got to do, and that's the motherfucking Toei Pinky Violence. Mm, okay. so, so I'd love to squeeze one of those in next year. Mm-hmm. That's one. Two is, and this is another, you know, it's a topic I care about a lot. I would love to go more into like surrealism in film. Okay. And like really trippy out there. Avant-garde type avant-garde stuff. Avant-garde type stuff. Yeah. There's one movie. I've kept it in my back pocket since we started. And it's, it's from Japan, of course, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's got to be with me. And it's like just the most total mindfuck of a movie of just like, you watch it and you're just like, I don't even know what's happening this entire time, but something's happening and there's a narrative and there's a plot and things are progressing. Mm-hmm. And then it ends and you're just like, what the fuck? What the fuck's going on now? Okay. And then um, I'm going to keep it 
close to my chest, so All I'm right. not going to give the name or anything, but mm. I'll just say it has a boutique Blu-ray release. You tease. And after I first watched it, I went into the special features because they had a film critic. And it was saying that he was like breaking down the movie and kind of talking about the themes and the ideas and explaining it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I, I need this. I'm going to go ahead and watch the special features. And while he gave like good context, it's really fucking clear that he also has no damn clue what's going on in this movie. And it's just like, what the fuck is this thing? This isn't a Shian Sono movie. No, it? no, no, it's not. Okay. Right. It's not him. It, it's older than him. Oh. That, that's all I'll say. Okay. One, one day it will be the right time for all it. All right. I'm waiting for it. And then our final little thing, um, any hopes or wishes for the show for the new year? Yeah, a couple of I already mentioned. I want to you know, improve my editing skills and work on that a bit more. It'd be lovely to expand our, our audience even mm-hmm. more. Um, so those of you who do listen to us, please you know, tell your friends. Yes, tell your friends. Leave us a review somewhere. I know that's the fucking lame thing to ask. But... Yeah, but that's how, that's how it gets out there, mm-hmm. you know? So, but again, we appreciate each and every one of you. We love the people that we have that do listen to us. Yes. Um, and also, we've talked a little bit about this. No, nothing formal yet. Nothing, but there's a possibility of venturing into the world of video. Oh no. Mm, okay. Which I might want to explore. <laughs> hey man, I'm cool. I'm down to try things. <laughs> I'm no. not saying our ugly mugs have to be on screen, <laughs> but I thought like a you know like a video type companion to the podcast might be mm-hmm. kind of interesting. We'll cool. see. Okay. I like it. Okay. We'll talk about that more in a little bit. Oh too. yeah, that. Um. By you, man. What's your hopes and wishes for the new year? I think just... I don't really have a specific thing. I, what, a lot of what you said was kind of the main thing. Just continue mm-hmm. to grow, reach out, connect with more people. Um, I think my hope for the new year is just that we get another listener episode that's like the total shit and it just blows our mind. Like mm-hmm. every now and again we get one of those that we're just like, oh my God, this movie. Yeah. Um, or another director submission or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like something like we've that. We've gotten very lucky. Yes, on, on the couple those have all been amazing. Reached out to us. And I know that some of the people we've interacted with in the past, um, like Zek and Yakilmus mm-hmm. and Austin Allen James, they have new films in the works. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what they release next. Anxiously. And get out waiting. there. And we will definitely touch back based on those because those were so awesome. And I did have so much fun looking at those. So I, w- I would like to continue to chart the new films that they have. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, that about does it for that stuff. And that brings us to maybe probably the meaty part of the show. Yeah. We're going to share our top four film discoveries for 2023. Again, these can be something that came out new this year or an old film that you happen to discover over the course of this year. All right. Now, I got some runner-ups for this, too. Do you? Okay. Yes, I do as well. So you do your honorable mentions. I'll do my honorable mentions. Okay. And then we'll just okay. one-to-one back to forth. And uh, most of these honorable mentions are also relatively new, oddly enough. This has been a good year. It has it's been. been a good year for movies, especially for horror. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. so much for um, the superhero film, right? <laughs> All right, so my runner-ups I have eight of them. Whoa, yeah, I couldn't. Eh. I basically went through Letterbox. Anything I gave like four or more to mm-hmm. was like an honorable mention. Oh god, we'd be here all day if I did that. <laughs> yes, that, this is why you should be stingier with your ratings. Okay, uh, the first one in no particular order is Speak No Evil. From 2022. Mm, excellent film. The Danish horror film. That was on my list last year, I think. I think so, yeah. yes. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen this movie yet, please check it out. 
It's so good. See it before the American remake. Yeah, the, re- the American remake that will neuter it and make it utterly pointless. Or just be a shot-for-shot remake, and then you go, what's the point? Yeah, I don't even think they'll do that. They'll <laughs> puss out. They're, that's like the best thing that could happen. Yeah, it'll be like the remake of The Martyrs, or um, mm-hmm. uh, what's the other big one I'm thinking about, uh, that they really just watered everything down. Funny Games? <sighs> that was more of a shot-for-shot. Shot. Yeah. Anyway, they come back to me. Um, okay, so that's one of them. Cool. Another one was Writing Wrongs from 1986. Mm-hmm. Chinese yeah. that was, um, action flick. We didn't talk about it much on the show. We a little bit, but uh-huh. that was a, a good movie night we had. I loved it. That was a lot of fun. God, it was so that good. That was a great movie. Yeah. Um, another one is a relatively new one is The Banshees of Minasheeran. Mm, I still need to see that. One of the big art house Oscar nominated films. It's extremely good. I've never liked Colin Farrell before, <laughs> but man, his performance is fantastic in this. He's really good. Mm. Um, another runner up for me, and I know not Dustin, okay. is Cobweb. A fantastic little Halloween fairy tale horror movie that a lot of you out there might love if you haven't seen it yet. Well, as I remarked to you earlier in the week, I've been listening to other podcasts doing their like end of year thing, mm-hmm. and Cobweb's been on a lot of top tens. So. Dude, we all can't be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, another runner-up. Uh, this is from 2016. Uh, Hounds of Love. Oh. An Australian. Yeah. I've heard a lot of hype about that. Horror? Hmm, question mark movie? I guess it is. Because it's about this couple that routinely abducts girls and mm-hmm. does horrible things to them and kills them. Um Great movie, very tense, but it, it's perfect because it it doesn't really pull punches, but it also doesn't exploit the subject matter. Mm. You know, it rides a fine line between being disturbing but not like gross or crass or just you know. Mm-hmm. So check it out; it's very good. Uh, another runner up is Brooklyn Forty Five. Oh, I've heard a lot about that. Also too. from this year, yeah, um, yeah. Check it out. Watch it. It's I think it's on Shutter. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, it's Sweet. by the guy who did uh, We Are Still Here. Oh, God, I love that movie. The one with Robert Crampton yeah. from a few years back. Yeah. It will not disappoint. And it's such a great, it's basically a play. Everything's set in this one room. Ooh. And it's all adult characters. And Ooh. and it's mature themes. And it's like, it's just great. It's a grown up horror movie. <laughs> um, another runner up you might be happy to hear is Why Don't You Play in Hell? Ooh. From 2013. Oh, yeah. A lot of fun. Very much a we love movies kind of movie. It's infectious. Yeah, yeah. And another honorable mention, my last one, is Godzilla Minus One. So, so, so fucking good. <laughs> if anyone hasn't seen it yet, and I don't think you've seen it yet. I Dustin. have not, yeah. That's one thing about my list is I think there's, there's a few big things I kind of missed just because of, again, work. But mm-hmm. um, if I had seen them, it might shake up everything about my list. It probably would. And I'm pretty sure that that one will squeeze on there if I yeah. had seen it. It's it's so much it's so much fun. Even if you're not like a big G fan, this kind of transcends all that because it actually has a really good human story. It's one yeah. of the first Godzilla movies with a really good... Yeah, kind of what I heard is it's a great war movie. It is a great war movie. And then also there's Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, you can take Godzilla out and it still works, you know? So definitely, definitely check that out. And um, I think it's still in theaters, at least for this weekend. And I've heard that mm-hmm. they're talking about, at least in Japan, and maybe this will transfer here, they're going to do a second theatrical run in black and white. That would be awesome. Like a callback to be, the original. That would be very appropriate. Yeah. It would look cool. Super cool. All right. What are your runner-ups? Okay. Man? So I did uh, two new ones and then two classics. Okay. Just to keep it brief. 
Um, so my classics, uh, well, not, one's not too old, but mm-hmm. um, In Fabric it was a twenty four film. I still hadn't watched. So one about the uh, the dress that gets passed like person to person, and mm-hmm. yeah, it seems like it's gonna be like, oh, there's a cursed dress, like ghost story thing, but it, it's so fucking weird and so absurd, mm-hmm. and like it feels like. Dario Argento's Inferno filtered through Twin Peaks and it's just like it's man it's way out there and it was one of those things like for half the movie I just sat there and was like I don't know if I like this or not this might be the first A24 film that I'm just out and out down on right and then there's a point like you get to and they start to thread everything you've been watching together and then it was like thread yeah thread (laughs) and then it's just like oh my fucking god you get the mind blown part and then yeah I have so much love for this movie now. It's just, cool. It's very weird. It's not approachable. Um, if you're looking for something a little more mainstream, it's definitely not one to go in on. But mm-hmm. if you're ready to get a little weird, it's it's up there. All right. I'll run that up on my queue. And then um, I went with a classic that was a listener suggestion because I really love this, and that is Open Your Eyes. Mm. That was a good um, one. Kind of like important in that I had seen other films that kind of referenced it, aside from Vanilla Sky, of course, being the remake. But... Um, like it did things that like resonated through it into the future of other movies, mm-hmm. and it was cool to finally see like the source of that, yeah, and the the kernel of that idea and that emotion and mood and stuff. Very well done. Um, as far as honorable mentions for new stuff, I also picked another listener episode for that and went with Tin and Tina. Nice, which we did uh, a nice religious horror flick that dropped on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I think it's gotten pretty shaky reviews, but. Man, I just thought it was so good, and like it was really asking some big questions of like religion and faith, and mm-hmm. um, that's kind of as someone like I think I've talked about before on the show. I've kind of I grew up in like very like pushed upon religion area of the world, and any film that kind of actually like let's look at this and let's question it and be critical, but in a meaningful way where there's still like emotion and heart to it, and we're not just like shitting on something to shit on it. Right. Um, that's always appealing to me. Nice. So. Super, well super loved that. And then my other one, which will be contentious with you, mm-hmm. is um, No One Will Save You, directed by Brian Duffield, the the alien invasion <sighs> film that's um, very yeah. quiet, one might say. Uh-huh. I thought it was so clever. I thought it was so smart. I think it's cool that they brought back some scary aliens again, and they're not just like goofy <laughs> friends or anything, and that they actually tried to do the gray alien, which is probably like the most overused yeah. and overexposed version of an alien. Uh, but they actually tried to take it seriously. And then it was very much a Whitley Stryber communion type movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just like the way it was shot where there was not much dialogue and you had this interesting character with like a history and a past, but you weren't just like spoon fed what was going on and you kind of had to piece it together as you watched it, and I have gone back and watched it a second time, mm-hmm. and I feel like once you get to the end and you go back again, you realize, like, I've seen reviews where they say, like, there's plot holes and things don't click together right, and, like, why is this person here, but then not there later and stuff. But when you look at it, like, the big picture, and you kind of already know the general story, it's really fucking solid and well-made and well-put-together, and, like, everything kind of clicks just right. Okay. Yeah. For me, anyways. Right. As you know, that one didn't land for me so well, but... I do think it's a clever yeah. idea having it be mostly, you know, no dialogue cut the whole mm-hmm. movie. So. And I like it too, just the pacing of like, at the start, she's like kicking their asses. And then like you hit a point where they finally are like, okay, we're not going to fuck around anymore. And then it just takes a turn. It does. It's cool. Okay. All right. Nice. Made me excited All for, right. for that kind of movie. 
I think you just like aliens too much. I do like aliens a lot. <laughs> As I stood in a field in Sedona for three hours with night vision goggles glued to the sky and going, wow. <laughs> nice. Okay, so give me your first film discovery. These don't have to be in any order. So these are our favorite movies, or at least our most impactful movies. Mm-hmm. New to us. could be from any year that we saw this past year. Yes. Okay. All right. And actually all of mine are from this year, so... Um, all of mine are from this year except technically one. And that's only technically, I think. Uh, number one for me is uh, Possessor from 2020. Oh, yeah, oh. That, that one's not that recent. Um, Brandon Cronenberg. Directed by Brandon, written and directed by Brandon Cronenberg. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, basically it's about an assassin who performs her assignments through possessing the bodies of other individuals. And uh, Man, it's good. Yeah, I sat on this one for a while, and then you were talking about it and stuff. <laughs> and, um, I, you know, I love it. I love this movie. It is Super so good. good. It is so effective, and you, you just don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and everything's not spelled out, and it's not predictable. Man, he's, <laughs> I mean, he's got the genes, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I love it too because he's it's got like, the talent to back it up too. He's not just a name. He's, yeah. not, he's not a nepo baby. You that, know? That's what I was gonna say. Is it's like he you watch it and you can feel like the David Cronenberg in it, mm-hmm. but it's also something else still. Yeah, it's like he t- he took that seed, but then he also pushed it somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Did his own thing. So that's my first big wow movie that I've seen this year. Well, let me shift my order a little bit. I'm gonna talk about a Brandon Cronenberg film, Infinity Pool. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, kind of maybe forgotten a little bit in the scheme of this year because it came out right at the start. Mm-hmm. Everything you said about Possessor is also true of this film to me. Uh, very high concept, very wild idea. Um, you know, a couple on a stay in a foreign country and they, they get into some shenanigans when they run into Mia Goth as tends to happen when people run into her. And, uh... Worth it. Next thing you know... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, um... Our lead is uh, in jail for murder, and the the penalty is execution. But if you're rich, you can just pay to make a copy of yourself, and that gets executed. And but you've got to watch. You've got to watch, and um, then he descends into this kind of dark, seedy underworld of rich foreigners that live like kings in this foreign country and just abuse that system. That is so good. That's so good. And he sinks further and further into this weird world. Great cast. Just, Amazing uh, fucking cast. Mia Goth is quickly becoming one of my favorite actresses. Oh yeah, and then uh, Cleopatra Coleman. She's very slight in this film. Mm-hmm. She plays um, the the lead's wife. Um, she had a much better role in Cobweb, which I will say she was great in that film she too. Was, yeah. Well, here she has the kind of the thankless role mm-hmm. of the the wife who has to put up with the husband and shit like that. Yeah. You know. So and she's that contrast of like the normal real world right. and then this new depraved world that he's awakened to. Yeah. Um, so fucking good. So deep. So like you will leave it and just think about so many ideas and questions and thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I even still think about that ending of just like him on the beach yeah. sitting there in the rain. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, Ooh, I, I get chills even just starting to talk about it right now. Yeah. Um, there is an uncut version too. You can spring for which possessor is the same way. Nice. Uh, he went a little too far, I guess with some nudity in both films. And so they had to make a R cut and an unrated <sighs> cut. It's not a much. It's not much that's added. It's like a few minutes, but whatever. Um, but man, God, it was just so good. And that was one of the first films, new films I watched in 2023, and it just blew me the fuck away. And I was so excited about it. And I think all year, like I can't get it out of my mind. Just the scene of him walking down the road 
and they're just casually trailing behind him. Yeah. And Mia Goth is just squealing out the name James at him. Mm-hmm. I haven't rewatched it yet. Oh. It's one of those movies that I just kind of want to sit on. Like Hereditary. I yeah. still haven't rewatched it. I'll rewatch that one a few times. I just want it to just sit there in its own little place and not, you know, get diluted. Nice. Good pick. Wild stuff. Good pick. Uh, my second pick is also from this year, um, written and directed by Brandon Cronenberg. It's Infinity Pool. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Uh, anything you would like to add to the conversation? There's not much I can add. Uh-huh. I mean, I can only double down on what you said. <laughs> wow. If, if you haven't seen it and you dig trippy movies that take risks mm-hmm. and have something to say, check it out. You know, if you haven't seen it, you're missing out. If you like Cronenberg films, there's a lot here. As a fan of Cronenberg, you would dig. Oh, it's the classic thing of like he gives you this sci-fi concept that's just a little further into the future. Yeah. And then just runs wild with it. Right. Some people could have criticized him for just kind of playing it safe and kind of staying in the lane that his father pretty much paved. But man, when you do it this well, right? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> you know, <laughs> especially well, because Cronenberg Senior isn't really doing these kinds of movies much. And anymore. who else is trying to do movies like him too? Right. Yeah. Especially this well, man. It's just ooh, so good. Yeah. Uh, oh, the other thing I wanted to share about it too. I I, re- I was listening to this. I think it was an interview he gave. Um, the, he actually came up with Infinity Pool first, and when he pitched it, like nobody wanted to make it, and they were just like, no, right. yeah. no. He had to sit on it. For <laughs> Let's a not do that. So he sat on it for forever, made Possessor, and then kind of with the clout from that, got to go back and do Infinity Pool. Nice, awesome. awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to see what he does next. Okay, my next one, uh, a little bit of a, I'm gonna say, give me one because I, I doubt most people would list this on a, in, a, in a top ten or anything this year. It's very personal to me. Mm-hmm. And that is Shin Kamen Rider, directed by Hideki Anno. Okay. Uh, you know, I have a lot of love for the Kamen Rider franchise. Mm-hmm. This was their big, super slick, high-budget reimagining of the original story. Uh, directed by Hideki Anno again, who is like a legend for that. He did Shin Godzilla, Shin Ultraman. This is the last of his Shin trilogy of taking like classic properties that he loved and giving them like a modern take on them. Cool. Um and also in the anime world, of course, you're going to know him for Neon Genesis Evangelion. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a creator and a creative that's very near and dear to my heart. So to see like two things I love come together, and it got a theatrical run in the U.S., and it was really fucking good and just super solid. It was like magic, man. Sweet. Um, but yeah, it's just it's that classic the story of Common Rider that has been like the blueprint for everything. Even even this year, there's one running in Japan right now mm-hmm. of like person forced into this crazy situation where they are in, in the original at least modified into sort of this like killer cyborg and then choosing to turn against that and fight for justice and to protect people and all kinds of crazy over-the-top tokusatsu action uh, of course as a modern film there is some cg in there but it was pretty tastefully done i'm gonna say as far mm-hmm. as like there was nothing so egregious you were like oh that pulls me out of the movie right Cool. Um, just lots of really slick, really awesome action and over-the-top fighting. Um, hopefully it will get a Blu-ray release in mm. 2024 and can add it to the collection. <laughs> nice. I do believe it. it uh, at least it was streaming on Amazon Prime. I'm not sure if it still is. I think it still is. I saw it. It's on my queue. I just have. If you're interested in checking it out, it's a good introduction too because it really hits all the beats of like this is what Common Rider is as a concept and 
a uh, good little entryway if you ever wanted to sample that. Yeah, it could be a little bit daunting when you've got something that goes back so far. Like yeah, you all, don't know all, where to come in. All the way to the 70s. Yeah. They made them from the 70s like up into the 80s, stopped for a while, brought them back in the 2000s. They've been going ever since. Right. Yeah. Cool. Nice. All right. Um, my third pick, and might be doing a little switcheroo here. might be intercepting... Um, your next one, but I, I got to go with Talk To Me. Oh, okay. Which is technically 2022, I believe. Right, but it didn't have an actual release until right. this year. Uh, written and directed. Well, directed by Danny and Michael uh, Philippou, I guess you pronounce their names. Mm-hmm. But also written by Danny Philippou. Um, you've, you've noticed a theme, perhaps, with my movies. They're all like <laughs> written and directed by... By the same person. Um, yeah, if you have not seen Talk To Me, fucking go see Talk To Me. God. Rent it, buy it, steal it, whatever you got to do. I saw um, AV Club named it the best horror film of the year. I'm going to say I agree with that. Yeah, hard agree. Hard agree. It's, uh, it's, it, 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 see, I don't know if I gave it five stars. I think I gave it four and a half stars. Why? <sighs> I'm not sure. Because <laughs> the only real complaint I've got is that fucking end theme that really annoys me. Mm-hmm. It comes in way too soon, and it's too hip-hoppy, and it ruins <laughs> the mood. Listen, I know I give a lot of things five stars, but this was the easiest five stars I ever gave. Yeah, I'm probably being a little persnickety. I don't think I even rose from my theater seat before I had already letterboxed it. <laughs> it's it's pretty much a perfect movie. It's a great horror flick. If you don't know the basic premise, it is about a group of kids. They've gotten hold of this like embalmed hand mm. that's like been lacquered and shit, and it's got like words written all over it. And if you touch it, it's like shake hands with it, basically, and say, talk to me, then things happen yeah it's supposed to be the hand of a medium mm-hmm. it was chopped off and, it and that's caught, all we get that's all we get that's the only backstory it's very it follows-esque in that way but i'm gonna say it's even cleaner than it follows like it doesn't even give you enough to like there's no real exposition question bump. yeah the right. rules yeah and there better never be a sequel to this that shows us where the hand came from there already and who's it was. is one slated but hopefully they'll be but hopefully that about won't it. be yeah. the story yeah, yeah. i mean it, that could be interesting if done right mm-hmm. but at the same time we don't need it yeah we don't need it um, just a fantastic movie. It has some of the most, uh, you'll know which part I'm talking about, like visceral gut churning moments. It's just <laughs> some of the best violence that is at the same time kind of restrained. It's weird. It's, it's just a, it's a great flick. I can't believe this is these guys first movie. Insane. All right, man, what's your third pick? Well, let me continue that conversation <laughs> because my third pick is talk to me. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, that was the first one I put down and I was like, I can't not mention this one. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't care if you had it too. Um, so what I want to add, I think is, and like, it, it is the like quintessential a 24 film. It's got the really good scares, the really good, like emotional drama, trauma going on. Um, and it's just got the classic thing of like good allegory going on. Like the whole thing with the hand, that's such a good metaphor for like the way they spin it is like it's party drugs, right? Yeah. Cause that's even a thing they do in the film is they'll film each other mm-hmm. once they conjure the spirit and get possessed. And that's the same thing as like, you can go wherever you want right now, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook reels, and you can find videos of literally, you know, uh, teens and young adults at parties taking like crazy drugs, and then sure. filming themselves to yeah. see how high they get and how weird they are. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of stories of people that take that too far and overdose and yep. And they even thread that back through in the film because our lead, um, Mia, played by Sophie Wilde, who's fucking phenomenal. In this she's film, very good. Um, she has this kind of history that seems like she struggled with addiction already in the past. Mm-hmm. Plus, there's a lot of severe depression on her, the loss of her mom. That's yeah. like a big plot point. 
Yeah. Um, so then like to thread that idea of like, you know, a person struggling with addiction and depression and all this heavy trauma and you weave that into like the very typical possession story, but you use the possession and the spirits and stuff as like the metaphor for like drugs and addiction. So fucking smart. So fucking clever. Mm -hmm. And that's like it. And I think they even said like, I was talking to you about this earlier uh, with Michael. Uh, They had said like they shopped it around a lot of places and studios would be like, Oh, we want it. We want to give it a big budget, but uh, we'll find a director for it. And we want to, we want you to change all these things. Yeah. And the things we they love would, it, but we're going to completely change it. And yeah. the things they said, it would have just been a fucking Exorcist sequel, yeah, bottom barrel possession movie. No, nothing clever, nothing smart. Right. Um, and they they gambled big to say we're going to wait till we can do it ourselves the way we want it. And as luck would have it, they got to do that. And man, it's all. I'm going to say it's almost a perfect film. Like mm-hmm. it's so good, yeah. so deep. So it left you like such an emotional feeling mm-hmm. in the wake of it all, and how it ends and wraps up. I, I just can only say good things about it. Yeah. It's a great film. Yeah. Great film. Um, and I, I've seen criticisms of it where people are kind of like, I don't really get it. It just seems kind of bland and stuff. I was like, you just need to really open yourself up to watch it and like take in what it's doing. Cause I, I think it's almost like ahead of the curve. This is like a new way to do this kind of film. This is going to sound pretentious and <laughs> I don't really care, but subtlety is lost on some people. That's, you know, they, they I, I just agree don't, with that. Yeah. They don't have the patience. <laughs> You know, they'd rather be staring at their iPhone, you know, during a movie than actually paying attention and getting into the mood and everything, you know. And and this is a movie you do have to kind of give yourself to. Yeah. You know, this isn't, oh, okay, I'm going to look up when there's a loud music sting, you know, or some shit. (laughs) But, man, some of the scare moments and, like, the gags. Yeah. They're so good. Great stuff. So effective. And then that's the other standout thing to me about it is that this came out in a year where we had a super huge big budget possession film with the Pope's Exorcist. Hmm. That uh, Russell Crowe was like a hootin', but it was kind of just like shitty and very generic. And we had the revival of the Exorcist franchise with David oh, Gordon Green. I still need to watch that. That that's also equally just complete garbage. It's streaming on Peacock and now. Totally so. a waste of time and money and effort. You haven't seen it. You no, can't. I have. You can't. Huh? I have. Oh, you did see it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you saw it. Well, I pirated it so I could argue. Oh, so yeah. you you can say for sure that it is a big piece of shit. God, it's so bad. Okay. All right. Complete waste of the legacy characters, complete waste of time, adds nothing, kind of shits on the plot and the premise of the original film. Oh, that's what you want to do. Yeah. Because, yeah. um, <laughs> of course, they had to, like, I don't want to get into it. I know, I know. I don't want to get into it, but I, I, to me, it's like an offense to the original film in a lot of ways. Uh, um, I don't know. So the Halloween sequel, <laughs> remakes, whatever they were. Um, but, but yeah, it's a year where we had all of this, and then here's this movie that just cuts right between them, and it's like, no, this is how you make a fucking possession movie now, yeah. and you make it matter, and you make it interesting. Right. Yeah. And hopefully it'll make other people wake the fuck up and do something cool. Yeah. But not copy this and do their own original thing. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. That brings us to your last one. So my fourth big wow movie of the year... And forgive me if I go a little mainstream, but uh, Oppenheimer, man. <laughs> Written and directed by Christopher Nolan. He did it again. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of a cliche at this point to say how great a Nolan movie is, but fuck, man. <laughs> I, I love his stuff. I do. Even his relatively weak stuff is still interesting in some way, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just a fucking phenomenal director. He knows how to get performances and he, he composed a shot like nobody's business. Um, I don't think you saw Oppenheimer, right? I have not yet, no. Okay. Um, 
That's really good. I'm it's, not, it's, I'm not, if I'm honest, I'm not super motivated to see it. But. And that's fine. It's not everyone's cup of tea, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I mean, everyone knows what it's about. Yeah. You know, it's sort of the American scientist, J. Robert Oppenheimer, and his role in developing the atomic bomb. Um, Killian Murphy is, he will get the Oscar. He will get the Oscar. <laughs> I don't know. Barbie's coming in strong. Well, Ryan Gosling deserves every Oscar <laughs> in the world. This is true. Which, by the way, just a side note on that real quick, and I'll let you continue. Mm-hmm. Um, he dropped that EP of him singing songs as Ken. Dude, he's a great singer. Yeah. He's a good singer. <laughs> Make sure you check that out. I am enraged at how talented he is sometimes. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that's like, oh. Um, <laughs> he's so attractive <laughs> and so talented. He seems like a genuinely nice guy. It's like, oh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, this is just a great movie. Everything's perfect. Cinematography, sound design, everything just clicks. And it's one of those movies that's almost three hours. You know, it's a Nolan movie. Mm-hmm. But my God, you won't feel it. You know, <laughs> you, won't, you won't feel the... It's just... It's so good. Uh, oh, uh, another prediction. Robert Downey Jr. will get an uh, Oscar for this, too. Oh. That's my prediction. Okay, interesting. File mm-hmm. those away. And- He'll get Best Supporting. Killian Murphy will get... Best actor. Cool. Yeah, I think the first way I want to experience this is I want to do like a double of Oppenheimer and then just go right into Godzilla minus one. That's a good, great double bill. It's a perfect, <laughs> perfect double bill. Maybe I'll wait for you the... You can connect the two together, you know, like... <laughs> yeah, it's a shame that there was the, like, Barbenheimer, because if they could have done, like... Godzillaheimer? Yeah, Godzillaheimer. God, Godheimer. <laughs> Oppenzilla. There we go. Oppenzilla. A bit more connective tissue there between those two. All right, right, man. What is your number one? Maybe I'll wait for the home media releases and, <laughs> and buy both and do that as an experiment. Um, so I hate to list another A24 film. Why? They're great. But, um, and, and stay in that world. But yes, they are consistently great and they are consistently doing the best things in the world right now in film to me. So I had to put on here from my guy, Ari Aster, Bo's mm. Afraid. Okay. I still have not seen Bo's Afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid that you'll not like it maybe, but I'm afraid I'm that's why I haven't watched it to be honest with um, you. Um speaking of three hour movies. Yeah. Because this one's exactly one seventy nine. Yeah. That's honestly one of the things that's kept me from watching it. It's not technically a horror film, I guess. It's more adjacent, but I mean there's a lot of horrifying things. It's talking about a horrifying subject, but it's kind of a movie in three chapters. Like each hour is its own like segment mm-hmm. that's going on. And so like the first hour, like the way they play that whole part is like, again, this character Bo played amazingly by walking Phoenix. It's like a total just like transformation for him. He's a weird human being, but he is a great actor. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's just this dude who's lived his whole life with all this anxiety and nervousness and, yeah, I can't relate to that. And just like, <laughs> even if you don't struggle with anxiety, I think it's still relatable just for like, everyone's been in those situations sure. where you're in an awkward moment or sure. you're unsure about something or you're, you're afraid of something and you're not sure what's going to happen Unless and you don't you know how to process it. Profoundly lack any self-awareness. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, this first hour is just like this character, Bo living his life in the city. And, um, he finds out that he has to kind of go back home to see his, see his family. He's kind of estranged from his mother and she's very like kind of like keeps on him and dogs him constantly. And, uh, he finds out that she's maybe in, in, uh, doing bad or is dying or perhaps dead. And, mm-hmm. um, it becomes this whole odyssey to get back home sort of deal. But the way they shoot it, it's like, 
it's not like POV from him, but it's like the film itself is his POV. So like everything is like heightened and hypered up and crazy. So it's like him just wanting to go across the street for something from his apartment. There are like people driving crazy. There's people shooting each other, gunning them down on the streets. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear that's not what's really going on, but that's like his perception right. of what's going on. Because it's all his fears like realized. Kind of an unreliable narrator type yeah. situation. And God, like, I don't think I've ever seen another film perfectly translate like the feeling of just being overwhelmed with anxiety. Mm. But this one did it. And it's in this really impactful, really meaningful way. So then as he starts this odyssey to get back home, the middle, like, second hour of the film becomes this almost, like, very folklore, very, like, haunting, sort of, like, (laughs) person-on-a-journey kind of tale of him going from, like, situation to situation, trying to make his way back home, and it gets very, like, mythic, and he finds these weird people in the forest that do, like, stage plays and stuff, and they... They start to tell this whole story of like someone's journey in their life and all this stuff. And he gets like lost in the story. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I think people like that part the least, it seems like, because that's yeah. kind of like a totally different departure. But man, I was just eating that up. It was so, so good. And just so, I was so lost in that, like, where the fuck is he now? But it's so weird and meaningful yet odd. And then the last hour he gets back home and they just go to the most insane places of like, they get into everything about between him and his mother. And and then there's this other woman that he's kind of always had like feelings for. And it's like a little bit of a love interest. But they were sort of pulled apart by his mother. And he like tries to reconnect with her. And I, I don't want to spoil it too much. But there is also a giant penis monster at one point. Wow, okay. That seems very left field, not a pocket. But is also compelling in some ways as well. But... So it's like a, oh. like from the beginning of Jackass Forever, or <laughs> uh, more monstrous than that. Oh God! Um, I'm gonna say it's like uh, Kafka esque. Okay. It's very. <laughs> All right. If you, if you're a fan of his stories and and themes and ideals, I think it p- touches on a lot of those. And then uh, probably my favorite part, and I won't fully spoil it, but the ending, like, it's got a really downer ending, and. I know I asked you maybe with a downer ending. I I know, but I mean, I think like a lot of people had said like you get to the end and you're like, you just want something good for him Mm -hmm. at that point because you're so endeared to him and he's gone through so much shit. But but then again, it's like that's that's life, man. Right. That's that's how it is. Yeah. And, Sometimes it doesn't have a happy ending. Yeah. Um. Like I remember, we saw it in in a theater. Tiffany and me went to see it. We both loved it, and I was just kind of sitting there after it was over in the afterglow, and then like the other people in the theater were like getting up and milling about. And then someone was just like, well, what the fuck was that shit? That was dumb. And then everybody kind of just started like ranting about it. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, did you, did you guys not experience the same movie as me? Or like, right, right. Uh, it's like you're saying like people like checked out on their phones mm-hmm. or I, I, I don't know. Yeah. But I just thought it was deeply profound, deeply moving. I have so much <laughs> love. He, he's like three for three now with me. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. I, I do need to watch it and I will. Because he is a masterful filmmaker. He's so good. Uh, he, he He's one of the people <laughs> like him, Robert Eggers, mm. uh, people like that are just keeping me excited about. Oh, yeah. And I don't even know, speaking of A24-related people, um, Rose Glass that did St. Maud. Mm. Have you seen the trailer for her new film Mm-mm. with uh, Kristen Stewart as the lead? Oh, my God. It's this crazy like crime thriller. What's it called? Oh, yeah. So it's called Love Lies Bleeding. And um, Kristen Stewart plays this woman that runs like a gym mm-hmm. in a little rural town. 
and she falls in love with this other woman who's like a bodybuilder and she's like super fucking jacked. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think she's planning to go to like Las Vegas and be like a famous bodybuilder and do all that kind of stuff. And the two of them fall in love and they get wrapped up in like this criminal element in their town. And there ends up being some like money stolen and then people want the money back. And it builds up into this crazy like crime thriller action film where um, I think Kristen Stewart's character has kind of like a past connection to these people. And so she's like drawn back into that world, even okay. though she tried to get out. Trailer was fucking phenomenal. It just looked so amazing. And I love that Kristen Stewart now is like taking chances on these really weird out there roles. She's trying to go the Robert Pattinson route. Yeah. Of, you know, picking actually interesting things where you can yeah. actually act and work with good directors. And, and, and it's like working. That. Like she was uh, underwater. It was cool. I know that was cool. Uh, she was surprisingly good in Crimes of the Future. Yeah, she was amazing in that. Mm -hmm. Awesome performance. Okay, well, now that I know who directed this movie, I'm suddenly much more interested in it. <laughs> okay, I'll be looking out for that one. Yeah, keep that on your radar for next year. Oh, very quickly, because um, this is a movie I've seen make the list of best horror films and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And your remark about people leaving Bo is afraid made me think of this, because after we saw Skin of Marink together, <laughs> everyone was like, what? What? We we spent like an hour and a half for that, and, and no one was disagreeing with us. Yeah, you know, everyone was complaining about it. There wasn't anyone <laughs> like you being like, "Hey, wait, this movie was wonderful." <laughs> but apparently, there are plenty of people that think it is wonderful. Well, I mean, when you basically shoot an IKEA catalog, and then I'm going to put that as my most disappointing movie of the year. We didn't. That wasn't one of our questions, but I left that out this time because I was trying to lean us more positive. But um, I want to. I want to mention that would be one of my dishonorable mentions. But it's also frustrating because I do believe there is a kernel of a great movie there. Well, I, I really do. I love the idea of like liminal horror and that idea sure. that you're in a place that's kind of like abandoned and it's like between. Between both locations, but also between like parts in your life. Mm -hmm. You're not quite a little kid, but you're not quite grown up it, yet. It just and, needs more. Yeah. It's just a prolonged short film. That's the problem. I know there's been some other films to lean on that. Like, was it the uh, was it Outwater? I never watched it because Skin of Marink made me afraid. But ah, I hadn't watched it yet either. Yeah. <laughs> Going to try to hit that up eventually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that was 2023. That's 2023. Lots of great stuff. Lots of stuff I didn't even mention. Um, just to throw it some love, Insidious the Red Door, to be the fifth film in a big studio horror franchise. And I think... I can't believe it was their fifth one. It was one of the highest grossing horror films this year, which is wow. insane. That is insane. Um, it was also Patrick Wilson's directorial debut. I do love me some Patrick Wilson. And I thought it was a good end cap to their story, so props to him on that. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, so I guess our final little thing to wrap us up on is talking about the new year in 2024. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, we're going to be making, I guess, one major change, and then we're going to maybe have some idea-type things we're going to try to do. That's right. We're getting rid of Dustin, and it's just going to be me, folks. Yep. <laughs> all Jason, all the time. It's gonna Even the title's going to change to Jason's Genre Exposure. <laughs> <laughs> Complete rebranding. New logo, new music, new everything. I think it's going to work. 200% <laughs> more movies about ch uh, children being in danger, but not dying. Right. <laughs> uh, nice. That's better than the Dustin's genre exposure, which is just all like really perverted films. <laughs> it's going to be women tied up in rib yeah. rope. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Kimbaku cast. <laughs> um, no, 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 we are, we are full steam ahead. Both of us. Yes. 
Uh, the big change is that we're going to go back to the kind of the freestyle mode and yeah. have less of the like themed blocks. We kind of realized over the year, again, like I said earlier in the episode, that's not really working as good with just two people. Yeah, it felt lopsided. Um, and, you know, having done it for a year now, I do see... Well, it's two years technically now. Mm-hmm. I do see some of the flaws in it and that sometimes like we'll get in on a topic and then like maybe there's something really new or something else that happens and then it's like, well, that would be cool to talk about this. Yeah, did we kind of miss it? But we're locked in for like a good month on something. Right. And so we kind of just have to let that go. So Yeah, well, free form. At least for now, we're going to be freestyle, freewheeling. Um, so we'll be starting the new year with a listener episode, and then it's just going to be, you'll bring a film, I'll bring a film, and then we'll do some more listener, do some more listener episodes out. in between. And it's uh, going to be you, the listener, are now the third uh, host steering the podcast, I guess. Which is why we need more suggestions. We need many more suggestions. So please send them in. Even if you've sent one before. Yes, yeah, send another. Good time to send another, or two or three. Mm-hmm. Hedge your bets. Yeah, why not? Um, and also, you know, we're always open to feedback and input. So let us know if we start doing this and you're like, no, oh my God, I fucking love the like three episode block thing. Yeah. Write us in and tell us. Right. It's us like, we won't like immediately drop what we're doing and probably switch gears or anything, but we we do care about your thoughts and your feelings and your feedback on the show. I caved to peer pressure so quickly. He does. <laughs> um, so yeah, we will take that into consideration if people are like, no, we missed the other way too. Nice. It's never a done deal here on the show. It's always about the journey, as I say, not the the, the destination. Yeah. Um, other New Year announcement, I guess, and I'll maybe let you talk a little more about this, is we're maybe going to try to experiment with doing some video stuff. We right? may do some video stuff, yeah. There has been some talk of this. We're not exactly sure what shape this will take. We have a YouTube. Yeah, we have YouTube anyway. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, our... our you can also listen to our podcast yeah. on YouTube. So there's, uh, that's already set up. And so, yeah, you kind of pose this idea of like, what if we did a little video content, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a little extra stuff or companion things? Yeah, we're not sure what form that's going to take, uh, but uh, be looking for it. Hopefully, You may we'll not even see anything soon. for a few months as we like experiment yeah. behind the scenes, but mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. But on that note, and in addition to my prior comment, if you had ideas for that, send them in to us and be like, I would like to see you guys do such and such. Oh yeah. That'd be awesome. Happy to um, take some suggestions. Yeah. That would help us, you know, (laughs) narrow down our structure. (laughs) Very cool. Cool. Otherwise it's business as usual. So there's not really anything else to report. Uh, Did you already say what movie we're watching next? Everyone should know because the new nightmare episode has dropped. Let's remind them. But if not, we will be kicking off the new year with The Fisher King. Sticking in the 90s, talking about Robin Williams for the first time in the show. Mm-hmm. And this was a uh, yeah suggested movie to, to watch. Yep, by my buddy Daniel. All right. I'm now, I intrigued. have seen this one. I, I may have mentioned that before. I have seen this one, but yes. it, it was when it came out. So it will be interesting to revisit it. I do love me some Terry Gilliam. Me too. Man, there is a one big Terry Gilliam movie we need to get to. What's that? Time Bandit. Oh, of course. What, what, how could we be a film podcast if we don't at some point <laughs> talk about Time Bandits? That we, we need to do that, and then what's the, kind of the other, like, you're a fucking film podcaster, like Six String Samurai, maybe. Oh, right. <laughs> we'll get there. One day. One day. No need to force it. <laughs> but yeah, I've got the uh, shiny Criterion edition of that film sitting at home. Nice. Ready to watch. Excellent. Yes, yeah, so tune back in soon for our thoughts on that one. Yeah, it should be 
fun. I don't know. You told me it was pretty pretty heavy, so it struck me as being pretty heavy at the time. <laughs> okay, you know, for like a how old was I then? 14, 15 year old kid, something like that. Yeah, probably shouldn't have been watching it in the first place. <laughs> well, if we if we told, if we tallied those up, we would be here all day listening. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, thank you so so much for tuning in and hanging out with us over the year. Uh, it's been super rewarding. It's been awesome to watch the movies that you suggest to us, to yeah. hear your feedback and comments, what you think about these films. Let us know some of your favorite film discoveries. I'll probably share our picks at some point on mm-hmm. social media. Yeah. Uh, and you can feel free to comment on that and chime in with stuff that you really dug this year, especially because I like to fill up my watch list with stuff I missed. That's right. Can't watch everything. And as always, you can hit us up on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Email us at genreexposure at gmail.com. You know how to get in touch with yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. You know what to do. We're easy. We're out there. We're open. <laughs> we're applicable. <laughs> we're agreeable. <laughs> but otherwise, farewell to 2023 and hello 2024. You have been listening to Genre Exposure. Bye, everyone. Take care. listening to the prescribed films podcast network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment the shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media the pfpn hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com thanks for listening